Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Well, I am so excited because today I get to speak with not only an old friend and uh, another radio babe, we call ourselves, someone who's been in radio even longer than I have been with The Daily Show, but Debbie Nigro has just written her first book. She is one of the funniest, most interesting, and wonderful personalities you could ever want to meet. And she's written her first book, actually her second, I should say, and you'll hear all about that in our conversation. But it's How to Talk to Strangers, Advice from a Professional Stranger Talker. And when I tell you that Debbie Nigro talks to strangers, I am not kidding you. She does. And the the incredible connections and wonderful meetings that come as a result of that is something to behold. But she wanted to share her secrets with others on on why and how talking to strangers can be one of your greatest assets and most fun. So uh, we'll be talking with her and she tells the whole story behind it and um, lots about her life that has also turned into a daily radio show, the Debbie Nigro show. So looking forward for you to hear all about what Debbie Nigro does on a daily basis and how you too in her 62 page book, is packed with a punch full of great advice on how to enhance your life and others by making the connection first, how to talk to strangers. We're being brought to you today, as usual, not by strangers at all, but very good friends to the program and people that millions um, are actually getting the benefit of nutritionally, balance of nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule. They also have one other product, which is fiber and spice. And with the three of those products, that's all they do because it truly is all you need nutritionally to supplement yourself with your regular your regular food per day because it has what nature made in there and absolutely nothing else. A variety of 31 fruits and vegetables in the capsules. And when you take three and three a day, three of the fruits, three of the veggies, you get 10 servings equal to 10 cups of whole fruits and vegetables. And there's no other way that I know of to be able to do that. And a balance of nature figured it out and they have sold over a billion servings of these fruits and vegetables and the fiber and spice as well. And if you've seen the commercials on t- TV, the people that they have there are real people who take it, take the product, and their lives have been changed for the better by doing so. Balance of Nature is easy to order. You can find it in stores. It, you just go to balanceofnature.com, which is here in the United States, balanceofnature.com. And when you do that, make sure that you put my name, Laura into the promo code. That way you'll get 35% off your first preferred order and you're going to get free shipping always with that. So Laura into the promo code L-A-U-R-A and start your new year with the resolution that you will be healthier and more nutritionally sound. Balance of nature is the way I do it and millions of others as well. When we come back, Debbie Nigro with her new book, How to Talk to Strangers, advice from a professional stranger talker. Don't go away. It's the way home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. I would say it was somewhere around uh, maybe 14 years ago. I 
got a call or an email while I was working at a really big radio station in New York City, and I was the assistant program director. So people would reach out often um, wanting to be on the the format on the radio station with either a show of their own or just as a guest on someone's show. And I would get all these phone calls and emails and um, it was fun. It was fun because you always got to meet somebody interesting. And it was such a big station that, you know, sometimes well-known people would, you know, kind of hit you up or could you get me on somehow? One day I heard from somebody who um, she just kind of out of the blue started uh, talking and I felt like it was one of those weird things where I felt like I had known her and I was racking my brain trying to figure out how do I know her? Because I feel like I know her. But then she told me her name and everything. And I was like, I don't know her. But she sounds so familiar. Anyway, long story short, I was talking to a stranger by the name of Debbie Nigro, who ended up turning out to be one of my greatest and most interesting, fun friends on the entire planet for my entire life. And I'm not the only one who talks like that. Anyone she meets feels exactly the same. We all feel like we're probably her best friend, but yet she has so many on the planet and some that she's never even met because she talks to strangers all the time. If you meet Debbie Nigro, you are going to meet anywhere from one to 10 people on any given night that you're at a restaurant because she will talk to every single human being that walks by her. We've been telling her for years, all of her friends, Deb, you got to write a book. You got to write a book because she has a daily radio show. So she gets to talk every day uh, for an hour. But other than that, we said, you got to bottle this up and put it into a book. Not that I'm taking any credit for this at all, but she did that. And she's got a great gem of gems. It's called How to Talk to Strangers, Advice from a Professional Stranger Talker, (laughs) Debbie Nigro. You are absolutely one of a kind. You make me laugh, girl. And this book was absolutely fabulous. Ah, you're so cute, Laura. You know, as you're going back to teacher recalling how I um, checked in with you, you're right. I totally forgot that's how we originally met. You were at the station and, you know, you got to be a little bold in life. You got to make some crazy calls. But uh, we know each other a long time now. So this is kind of fun. We do. And what's so interesting at that time, I wasn't doing a show on radio, but you had been a I know you had been a big radio star. Actually, oh my goodness, now it's all coming back to me. Who was I? Help me out. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Who were you? Well, I had also heard about you when I had started radio back in 1996. I started at a radio station where actually my show airs out of now, one of the stations that, that runs my show. I heard about this woman named Debbie oh, right. Nigro with Working Moms on the Run. Right. A working Mom. Right. Yeah. The Working Mom on the Run. I was. I started the, um, that was a really big, actually fun moment in my life because I, I just broke into that station to put my head, my arm around Charlie Ponga, the, um, the general manager's neck. I go, listen, I got this idea. And he's like, okay. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to make a syndicated show. We're going to start here. This is the first station. He's like, okay. And that was where I met you because I launched the show there. And no, but you I walked, never met you there. I only you walked through there. About, oh, uh, you I was through. working there, but I, I, you had been syndicated by the time I got there. So oh, you really? were doing yourself. I, I can't remember what it was, but at the moment that I started there, you weren't. But you had really made a big success of yourself with that. Okay, show. let me just back up though. How I arrived, just to, just to give everybody in the audience um, some insight to how anything anybody can do anything <laughs> with the right passion to convince somebody else. I pulled up to that radio station that day with a cracked windshield, 
smoke coming out of my car. I was a single mom. I know a penny to my name. I had this idea. And I walked in and sold the idea as if I, you know, was the greatest thing since toast. And from that day, I built that um, whole idea into like a 500 radio station presence, which I don't have anymore, but that's okay. But it was a, the point about how I showed up was, was not how my inside was showing up. My outside was having a little problem, my, like my real life, but in my heart and my heart of hearts, I saw something. And so many people feel that in their, in their lives. They see something, they feel something, but then they get a little hedgy about, well, who's going to believe me? How do I go about this? You just got to put it out into the universe and find somebody on the other side of the conversation who goes, you know, and hopefully the idea will come to fruition, but it's all about well, it, did, else. it did with you. It did with you 500 yeah. stations you were on. Yeah. But I started with, I walked in just blindly. Right. So that was a stranger opening. I love that you're talking, by the way, this is really fun that you're doing this interview with me today, Laura, how to talk to strangers advice from a professional stranger talker, because you're the first interview I'm doing about the book. And this is the first day I've seen the book. This is not even my copy. This is my neighbor's copy who I, who said, Debbie, don't you want to see the book? I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I ordered 20 copies like four weeks ago and never showed up. And I'm like, Oh, there's a book. It's kind of little, but then I want my point to be made without people having to spend their whole lives reading a book. So you yeah. read it? I read the entire thing. It's 62 pages. Right. From start to finish, I didn't skip a single page. And I had an absolute joy reading it. because first Thanks, Laura. All, yeah, because uh, first of all, you are the most, people don't, probably have never met anyone like you, but you will be with Debbie Nigro, whether it's at a dinner or at a party or <laughs> just walking down the street, you're walking, doing your exercise. We used to walk together at Glen Island in New York. Oh, yeah. And she doesn't know a stranger. She makes eye contact with people that she does not know. And she doesn't accost them or anything like that, but she strikes up a conversation in a funny way. Either she says something adorable and cute or she compliments them or she it just says an observation. You call them Deb Servations. And yeah. she gets an observation. She shares them with people. And before you know it, they've stopped. They started talking to her and they're having a full on conversation. And by the end of it, they feel like they've known her for their whole lives as well. She does that. You do that. I've never seen anybody. I like to smile at people and I like to have small talk with people. And I do like to compliment people too, but I've never seen anyone that knows the art of starting a conversation with someone out of the blue that you don't know. It takes a lot of guts, but <laughs> you're, you're so e eager to do it. And you, you love people and you're interested in people and their stories. You're a great listener as well as being a great talker. You're a great listener. Thank you so much for that. Cause you know, it's not all about me. But the whole point why I wrote this book had nothing to do with me and everything to do with what I learned in my life that I could share with other people that might help them. And I was motivated and I started this book like five years ago. You'd think with 62 pages, it wouldn't take me five years to finish the darn book. But to tell you the truth, it took me five years because I wrote the idea down and I'm like, you know, that's a really good idea. And then also I'm like, oh, God, it's the worst idea. And I put the book away. Then I was like, you know, remember that book? And I found it in my files. I go, I should really finish that. And then COVID hits and nobody's talking to anybody. Never mind a stranger. I'm like, all right, forget it. And then I took it out a couple more times. And I said, you know, people need to be motivated or sparked to start talking again in person with people, I don't know about you, Laura, but my, a lot of my life, if not most of it, is virtual. I'm home. I, I work from home. I do go to the studio. But, you know, other than that, 
I'm on the phone. I'm doing emails. You know, I'm doing Zooms. How many people do you really see in person anymore? It's like a real effort to push yourself to go to a meeting, to an event. You know, there are people who who now have to show up back at offices and have to re-enter. But something happened to the world in that time when we had to sit back. And there were some really big upsides to it. A lot of people got to sit back, get to know their families, their children, their significant other, themselves, you know, take care. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere. So you had to figure out how to be resourceful. But it also alienated a lot of people from other human beings. And nothing changed when it started to come back. And people lost their way, in my opinion. Some people were just completely lonely. Uh, Some people, you know, were then came back out and was this whole political divide and like wasn't talking to you because you don't believe in what I believe in and became really crazy. Like nobody was talking to anybody who wasn't on their side. And then just in general, people were just starting to be uh, less concerned about even knowing other people. Like why bother? I hate people. During the pandemic, and I wrote it in the book, some people decided I don't even like people anymore. (laughs) Understood, right? But the fact is, we got a big situation in the world and we better come together as human beings and talk and communicate and help solve problems and bring joy to one another. Otherwise, what the hell do we have? Absolutely. And and what I love about the book, you've got a lot of um, anecdotal stuff about, you know, random run-ins. That's one, one part of your radio show. And you talk about that in your book as well. You call them random run-ins and you'll meet <laughs> someone in an elevator or in a grocery line. And inevitably you strike up a conversation they start talking to you. They share their life. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you're amazing. Can you come on my radio show? <laughs> That's how I do it. People you met in the grocery <laughs> store or in the ladies room. I mean, didn't you meet a producer for a show that you were producing um, in Vegas in a in a ladies room? Oh, you got a better memory than me about my own life. I actually made a deal for the for the radio to syndicate my radio show underneath the stall with a girl <laughs> next stall. We passed a note. for we, That's how we, that business cards went underneath the stall. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's a true story. I think it's a true story. And you have some of those in your book, how to talk to strangers advice from a professional stranger talker. (laughs) I told my partner at work, um, John Zimney, he's my, you know, we work together. Hi, John. And he adores you because he the station he was at may not have been in Michiana. It might have been in Phoenix or in California, but they ran your working mom on the run syndicated show. That was a big hit, that show. Yeah, really you know why? Because nobody... he loved it, and he, when he found out that you wrote a book, I told him the name of it, and he la- busted out laughing. He goes, "That sounds so Debbie Nigro. That's perfect." <laughs> he he's really excited uh, for you because yeah, you don't. I mean, a lot of people heard that show, and that was at a time because you and I were both single parents at the same time back in the nineties, eighties, yep. and nineties. Yeah, and um, it it was kind of a newer thing, you know that these women were working and raising kids by themselves and things like that. And you became the girlfriend that people could share what that was like with. And you see, but that's, that is your, one of your great gifts. You, you take your experience and then you try to help others through whatever they're going through. Plus you're an idea maker. I have never seen anyone. I hope you're charging for those now. I've had many conversations, but you got to start. I've given, I've given so much information and advice away for free my whole life. It's ridiculous. I hope this book sells. Give me some cash back. That's all I want to tell you. Yes, I adv- I really think everybody should buy it. 62 pages. You can read it in a flash, but it's you've got all sorts of tips on how to approach strangers. And why would you even do that? People are probably like, that's crazy. I'm not going to do that. But you give all the reasons of why that's a good idea. Yeah, well, the, different- main, the main reason is you never and I, with respect to being safe and you know using your gut instincts about t- not talking to every single stranger. You don't want to talk to every single stranger. But 
you never know how a chance encounter can change your life in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Give us and an example. Want, you have millions. Oh, my God. I got so many. Um, oh, one of my best friends, and you know her. I met her outside a bar, like, I don't know, 20 years ago. She went out. I went out. She said, who are you? She was tall. I was tall. Before you know it, we're laughing and talking. She, to this day, is one. She's like my sister. You know, it was just random. You know, my dentist, you know, was a random introduction from a friend. And this is my lifelong dentist and friend. And I tell some of the stories in the book about um, what you need to listen for when you encounter somebody that will decide whether you want to continue a conversation. I mean, I'm not saying talk to every single stranger you meet, but you may spark a, a conversation if you take a few minutes extra from your usual where the other person has knowledge that can help you or you have knowledge that can help the other person. And you won't know that with, hey, bye, whatever. In a minute, you can kind of know if you want to keep it going. Maybe you have friends in common, people in common, an industry in common, work in common, a vacation you just took. Maybe they'll introduce you to their single whoever because you're a single person and somebody they know just, you know, is looking. Who knows what can happen? I've, I can't tell you how many business deals I've made just with people who, you know, start talking about, you know, what they do. And I'll go, oh, you know who you should meet? And then they'll say, it just goes on from there. So there's a million examples. Um, I do make a little fun of myself in this book. So don't think this is I'm some big guru. I make a lot of fun of myself of why this even happened in my life. And it started because I was a chubby kid, Laura, a freaking chubby kid. And I had to compete with those skinny little minis who were cute and everybody liked them because they were cute. And I was like, I needed an angle. So this was you angle. were thinking this in grade school. Right. You need an angle to stand out. I'm like, this is not going to work. This popularity thing with the weight is not going to cut it. I had bad hair. And uh, by being a little funny, I got a reaction. And by being a little funnier, I became cool. And I noticed if I could use my mouth to chit chat and talk, then I could be popular. And my I, it, would, it would supersede my little chubby body. And that's how it all began. I think uh-huh. I and you, be, kind of, you were the class president like every year until, <laughs> until you graduated or something. It's actually kind of funny. I, I wanted to say that it was all through grammar school and high school, but I'm not sure I got it every single year in high school. And I didn't want to put a lie in the book, so I didn't say that. But I got to call some girlfriends from high school and say, was I president of that class every year? Yeah. It's because I could talk to everybody in the different worlds. You know, if you remember back to high school, it was very clicky. And I don't know what they call it these days, but there was the, uh, you know, there was the uh, the greasers back then. And then there was the preppies and then there was the the the, the, the cheerleaders, and, huh? the cheerleaders, the cheerleaders, you know, and everybody had their group and you kind of either were fitting or you didn't fit in the nerds. But I had um, the, the foresight to know that I didn't want to be stuck in just one group. I wanted to be able to be friends with everybody. So I was able to slide through all those worlds through the ability to communicate and relate when I was in that world with those people, and then I would change my conversation for the next world, and then I would change. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm always curious, right? So you have to learn from other people, and you have to learn on your own. And as long as you're curious and can ask questions, your life will never be dull. And you, right. the idea is that you learn from, there's lots of ways to learn. Learn from books. You can learn from television shows. You can learn from listening to podcasts. You can learn from listening to the radio. But you really, we're learning from one another. Like, what are you doing right now? You're interviewing me about this book that I wrote to try and help other people. So you can learn how to help people in your audience. Maybe this will help them. I mean, we're just trying to help one another. If you come down to the, the basics of it in the nicest way possible, because there are nice people on this planet, Laura. There are nice people. And that's the thing about you. You're inherently 
a nice person. You're a very nice person. You're inherently a very helpful person. You're always trying to connect people. You're always trying to make their lives a bit better and finding ways to do that. So, And you have a genuine interest in them. And I think that's another thing that, that is very crucial here. Because for people who aren't that interested in other people, it's hard for them to reach out and talk to strangers. My guest is Debbie Nigro, and she is not only a daily uh, radio host of the Debbie Nigro show, which you should get on podcast because I'm telling you, it's one of the best shows ever. She's just the people she talks to are highly interesting, funny and down to earth at the same time. It's a wonderful show. But now she's written her first book, How to Talk to Strangers, advice from a professional stranger talker. Debbie Nigro. And so, yeah, so you're inherently just very interested in other people. You're also very positive. You always see the cup half full. You, you help never... me out with that line. You know, let's go back, first of all, to my second book. The first book, I'm oh, going to yes. tell you that in a second. It was called The Working Mom on the Run Manual or What the Heck Happened in My Life. And I, I did my book tour at 7-Elevens around the country. I was the only author in the history of 7-Eleven to do a book tour of 7-Elevens around the country. I want you to know that, Laura. It was huge. It was bigger That's than me. right. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Bigger than my backside. Bigger than my backside. But now, all these years later, I haven't written a damn thing to put out there because life got in the way. And I think that's for a lot of people, life gets in the way of stuff, right? You just, you can't see pills, you don't feel good, you're sick, you have an ailment, somebody dies, you have to take care of somebody. You never find the right time to get done what's in your heart. You, so I've been trying to do this for like, I don't know, 15 years, whatever it is. Anyway, it's never too late. But you helped me when I started this radio show, because you have a way with words, girlfriend. You're always able to, and, and better than me, uh, sum up somebody else in the most flattering way. That's your gift. And you helped me do the opening of the show, Glass of Cabernet, half full, the whole, how my show opens. That was you. Oh, do you still use it? Sure. Oh, great. Yeah, you I helped me out with that a lot. But um, I guess to the point about why I'm even doing this right now, I just want people to be more human to one another. We, we are moving to a time in history where we have artificial intelligence taking over our lives. And we're hoping that it does it in a really helpful way. And there's so much good that's going to come of this in science and medicine. And, and um, it's making... Things a lot easier and faster to get done, you know, just for us humans. But we cannot allow it to let us all become less human. And what I'm trying to say in this book is now you better step it up for real because we can't be a, a world of machines. We are living, breathing people who need to understand how to connect with one another so that we keep the human race going in, in a positive way. And, um, you know, there's so many opportunities missed when people don't take time with one another. So I'm just saying, look, be aware, maybe start just a little bit, you know, talking to people, give some, always give a compliment. Nobody doesn't want a compliment. Did you ever get a compliment you didn't want? No. Mostly I always not. want a compliment. Everybody would love a compliment. Even from a creepy person, you're like, uh, uh. <laughs> yes. It's oh, I didn't want that, but thanks anyway. Um, and, and there's just a lot of people out there searching, I think, for connection. Um, a lot of lonely people since the pandemic. A lot of people are single that were single then and just never got back in the world because where was it? Where was the opportunity to meet anybody? Right. The dating sites have gotten a little weird and the apps have gotten weird. So a lot of people are trying to connect with one another. Um, just friends who stop calling one another and visiting. I used to have people at my house all the time. Nobody comes here anymore. Like just never got back into having people over, you know, afraid of getting sick and, you know, go around people who are sick. I mean, you know, we're, we're different, but that's Okay to be different. I'm just saying you're going to be out in the world. Make it, make it work for you. Don't just 
walk through it with blinders on. Be open to who might be next to you online, sitting next to you in the airport, you know, on a train with you um, at, you know, at an event you're at and communicate so that there might be something in common. You might find something for business. You might find something that you learn something for for health reasons. You might find somebody that you um, have a romantic connection with. And, you know, to that point, and I'm going to be talking so much, you know, us talk show hosts, we talk a lot. (laughs) But um, I did meet my late and late love, who I'm with now for a long time in a dive bar. I remember that. I remember. I remember, you, I remember you telling me, uh, like, I, it was very soon after you had, you said something about just randomly asking a, a guy to dance, right? Wasn't it? Didn't you ask him to dance? I said, "Come on out." Yeah, and this was this is so you know part of the fun of I make of myself in the book is that I had a, as good as I am in business and I can talk to a sidewalk um, is as ridiculous as I was in my personal life. I could never approach anybody I was ever attracted to and say anything other than a mumble. I just wouldn't do it. Like I didn't fear rejection. I just couldn't deal with it. So I must have been really bored this particular. <laughs> night and it was a dive bar went to see a doctor's band play he happened to go see the same doctor's band i knew the actual uh, surgeon was playing my buddy doctor uh oh my god i got a crazy moment here just hold on oh dr rick garvey so dr garvey's doing the, the keyboards and he was friends with another guy who was a singer and he was standing behind me where there's a really big speaker where i had just found myself standing my head blown out like oh do not stand there and i turned around i see this good looking guy standing where i just said don't stand there and there was music stopped and i, I said come on let's let's go go out and get some air because why i don't know i was bored he was good looking and i said the hell with it right so we went out started talking and that's a long time ago we live together now yeah and he's a great guy I have to tell you, I know him. And, and he moved in right right before the pandemic. We decided to live together. I didn't live with anybody for 20 years. He didn't live with anybody for like 30 years. Single parents, raising kids. And we're like, all right, we should try this. So we move in and then there's a pandemic. We're like, whoa, do not and see then that coming. Move out. <laughs> and see that one coming. So uh-huh. luckily it's still together. But yeah. It's wonderful. But I, I took your advice from that because I, I always remember that story and I thought I it was hard for you when it came to relationships to do that. But you always have this line that you say in your radio show and on all of your materials, which is risk it or regret it. Right. And and you actually live your life that way. And I think of that all the time. And for some that's what you did when you saw Dave by the speaker. It, you you probably in your mind had a split second where you said, I've got to risk it or I might regret it. Right. Well, the thing is, if the opportunity slips away, it's hard to pull back. Right. We've all had moments where you're like, ah, I should have said that. Or, ah, why didn't I do that? Or, ah, why didn't I? Why didn't I follow? Why didn't I ask her? Why didn't I? Why didn't I? And where's that go? Nowhere. So the worst thing that could happen is if at the moment hits you and you're like, ah, I really should talk to that person. What's the just do it. I mean, really yeah. do yeah. it. Just do it. And you did it with this book. And I'm very proud of you because I remember being at your house one time and I was having the conversation with you about, Deb, you need to write a book. And you were like, well, I've already got a lot of it written. And what it was was a memoir. And you and you said, I have 550 or 800 pages written already. I was like, 800 pages written? And it really wasn't. When you told me uh, just a few weeks ago that you had written a book, I thought it was that book. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. But, but you, know, you didn't. You wrote a much shorter book, a 62-page book. How yeah, to well, talk to that other book is still it. That other book is still in bo- boxes and boxes and boxes. And the reason I haven't published it is, to be honest with you, how brutally honest do I want to be about being a female entrepreneur too early? 
at a time where women were not really, you know, as respected uh, as they sh- hopefully are more respected today, but still a tough world for women out there in business and in life. Trusting all the wrong people made a million mistakes. I mean, a lot of gritty stuff behind the scenes. I had some, you know, there was some mental health issues with family members. There was so much grit. I didn't know if I wanted to expose everybody else's stories. So that's why I kind of stepped back. You know, I've, I've been writing this book, that book, oh my God, now for 10, 15 years. because It's hard to remember what goes, I didn't remember how you opened the show, how we met. So when time goes by, so I was taking notes and notes and notes. I'll pull it together. Now that I've gotten one thing done, but I'm going to change my, my direction there. It's not going to be so much of the, um, you know, I don't know. Bear your soul kind of, you know, tell all the dirty. Like, I want to talk about the chances I took and what, what the outcomes were, good, bad, and ugly. And it's really an inspiration to go for it, uh, good, bad, or ugly. And, um, you know, the lessons you learn about what you're not going to do again and what you might want to do again. Uh-huh. Well, I, I want... Tell me when you write it, because I will read it the second you do, because you are the same in your book, your new book, as you are in life. You put it out there, but it's warm. It's wonderful. It's inviting. And it gives you a lot of great advice that um, feels like, yeah, I think I can do this because you're a perfect example of it. How to Talk to Strangers is Debbie Nigro's new book, How to Talk to Strangers, Advice from a Professional stranger talker 62 pages long chock full of so many wonderful things i i read it in one sitting and i relished every page you are honestly truly the a one-of-a-kind human being that everybody i want everybody to know you because to know you is to grow and you do you grow yourself by by meeting and knowing somebody like debbie nigro because she lives life so out loud and in such an unabashed fun and fabulous way that it, it's almost like it gives you permission to be a oh yeah that's better. what i'm doing i'm giving you permission but i just want to i don't know how much time we have i don't know i know you're kind of wrapping it up no well in a couple of minutes yeah okay the re, it's a very important point i'm not running around every day like whoop-de-doo life is perfect okay in fact life is really hard um i've been sick a lot i've been you know money issues and you got family issues you got all kinds of things going on we all have that going on every day. When you get a window where you feel great, you, you got to, you know, you, you can, you can make something of the day, you go. And when you can't, because for whatever reason, you just don't feel the energy or feel that for, you know, you chill. So no one to hold them, no one to fold them, but try not to miss the opportunities when you feel good, when you're out in the world to create more for yourself. I love it. I love it. How to Talk to Strangers. She doesn't know a stranger. And uh, definitely listen to her radio show on a daily basis. It's on her website, which is DebbieNigro.com. Every episode is up there. DebbieNigro.com. That's N-I-G-R-O. It's funny that the word grow is in your uh, name. DebbieNigro.com for her podcast. And then how you can find her book everywhere now where you get your books. Amazon and the whole kit and caboodle. How to Talk to Strangers. Definitely get it. You'll love it. You'll learn something and you'll laugh. And Debbie Nigro, I thank you. I look forward to heading into this next chapter of life, um, being your friend and learning with you and just having the, the time of our lives, truly, because you make every age and every phase of life more interesting. You don't oh, get yeah, old. Baby. You you are timeless, ageless, and weightless, as you always say. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's starting to become BS, but I'm still playing that hand. Do me a favor. Report back after, now that you read the book and did your homework, 
Give me a, get me a story back of some bold thing you did. I want to hear it. I want you to do something out of your case. Just go. Do- yeah, she does invite people who read the book to send her. She puts her email down there. If you go and you take one of these steps to talk to a stranger and use some of her techniques or whatever. And something good happens. Yeah. And when something good happens, report back to Debbie. So she wants to hear all about it. That There's also a disclaimer. So don't talk to really don't talk to people. If they're dangerous. I mean, you'll feel and you go with your gut. I mean, don't be talking to every single stranger. But I'm hoping this is an educational book, an entertaining book that sparks wonderful conversation. So and thank, you. Oh. thank you, Laura Jean. Thank you, Deborah Jean. That was my first interview about my book. I'm so excited. I love it. I can't it. even believe I it. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. For a lot of us, the holidays really, truly bring us joy. We get excited about them and spending time with family and friends and and faith and, and what it means to come together. But not for everybody. There are uh, many people that do suffer during the holiday times with some form of sadness or depression um, or both. And we have a doctor here who wants to tell us about some very important and interesting findings and uh, share some good news about uh, something that might help. Dr. Craig Chepke is here. And doctor, uh, I know that um, that depression, you know, not just at the holidays, is, is often a topic that uh, we're addressing um, with, it seems like suicide rates increasing mm-hmm. every year and things like that. Uh, Tell us about seasonally something that happens around the holidays for for some of your patients. Sure thing. And thank you so much for having me here. I'm pleased to have been able to partner with Johnson Johnson to be here to to bring this information to your audience. So as you said, um, a lot of people love the holidays, look forward to it all year. And I wish that could be everybody. But for a lot of people, it's the exact opposite. They may dread it or it may come up by on them by surprise. But for some people, it could be just a, a little case of being a little down in the dumps. Some people call it winter blues, seasonal blues, uh, things of that nature. And there's people who suffer a great deal more than that, though. In the common population, it's often called clinical depression. In the psychiatric field, we call it major depressive disorder. And it's a whole nother level from the seasonal blues or holiday blues. And what's different about major depressive disorder is that it it lasts at least for two weeks, uh, almost every day, most of each day. Often it's more than that. It can be months for people that it lasts. But really what sets it apart is the intensity of the symptoms so that it's not just feeling sad. I mean, it's really bottom of the barrel, feeling hopeless, helpless, worthless, like nothing's ever going to get better, a lack of interest and motivation. And that can be in anything, not just losing interest in hobbies that they may have had before, but losing interest in the ability to connect with their with their spouse, with their children, losing interest in even going to work, losing interest in have, not having the motivation to get up out of bed, get a shower, brush their teeth, get dressed, basic functions of life difficulties with concentration and memory, uh, the sleep and appetite can be disturbed. And as often people may have suicidal thoughts or behaviors as well. So it's really a complete disturbance of their ability to uh, function and a, disturb- a disruption in their quality of life. Yeah, it, it, it makes me sad to think about that people <laughs> have to deal with something like that. And um, it, I guess I think you hit on something when people feel that way. Sometimes if it feels like there's no way out. And Mm -hmm. so that sort of compounds the actual um, sadness or feeling of depression 
right. in and of itself. It, it just it's sort of a vicious cycle, it seems like. Um, tell us um, what you have found out. I know Johnson and Johnson has um, a product that they are using um, to try to help people with this. Tell us all about that. Sure. So just uh, to set the stage. So when people go and seek treatment, which I urge everyone, if they're having, if they're thinking they may have depression to do uh, that, if they get prescribed antidepressants, and if it's at least uh, two antidepressants of an adequate dose and an adequate duration, which we usually say four to six weeks, six to eight weeks. And if those two different antidepressants haven't worked for someone, that's what we technically call treatment resistant depression. However, I like to say that psychiatry can't name anything right, and this is definitely one of them, because even though it's called treatment-resistant depression, there are treatments available. There's not as many as there are for the regular major depressive disorder, but there are several, and one that I've had good success with if in some of my patients with treatment-resistant depression is called Spravato. And Spravato is FDA approved for treatment resistant depression. And it's not a pill. It's actually a nasal spray that people take intermittently. It's not taken every day. Like all medications, there's potential benefits, but potential risks as well. And there are certain side effects that people may experience with Spravato and it may not be right for everyone. So it's important to discuss it with a healthcare professional to decide if, if it's right in conjunction with them for each individual. And what would be some of the uh, the good side effects of taking Spravato. What does it tend to uh, elevate mood, or um, does it tell? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so yeah. I wouldn't know like how to express. But sure. what are some of the good things that it seems like it has been able to help with? Well, for people in general with major depressive disorder, when an antidepressant works for them, then they're often able to resume their normal functioning. They have a lifting of the sadness of mood. They're, if they struggled with concentration, that might improve energy. And all the symptoms I listed before, the symptoms will often get better if the antidepressants work for them. But if people try one, it doesn't work. They try another one, it doesn't work. Then that's when it, it becomes treatment resistant depression. So conceptually, it's the same type of uh, same type of thing that those symptoms start to lift and it's globally across the board. So the low mood comes up, the energy can improve, the motivation can improve, and everyone's individual response is going to be different with every medication. But it's just that for people with treatment resistant depression, more traditional antidepressants over and over again tend to not work. And only mm -hmm. the medications that are approved for treatment resistant depression are the ones that that we, we think are going to be likely to have efficacy for those individuals. And so if someone is having um, good results with Spravato and like you said, their mood has lifted, um, is it something that someone would continue to take to sort of stave it off uh, from, you know, coming back? Or is it sort of once you you feel like you're out of the woods and um, in a better place, you would just not take it anymore? Once everyone's journey is different, uh, some people, they may uh, take it for a shorter period of time. Some may take it longer. Uh, I've had patients in my practice who have, have been on it for years, just like people often stay on traditional antidepressants for years. And there's clinical trial research to back that up too. That recently up to five years and more of, of people being treated with Spravato ha has been released. So it, it all depends on each individual's journey that they come to a conclusion along with their healthcare provider that determines it. Um, where can someone find more information about Spravato? So a great first stop would be Spravato.com, and that's spelled S-P-R-A-V-A-T-O.com. There, people can learn about treatment-resistant depression itself. They can learn about Spravato and also hear stories of real patients with treatment-resistant depression and what their experience has been. Yes, I think that that's helpful when people see 
that other um, others have gone through something mm-hmm. similar, and yet they they have been helped in, for sure. Um, that's helpful. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Craig Chepke. We really appreciate that. Um, we we want everybody to feel happy and good this holiday season. And it's like you said, it's important to seek treatment if you don't over a long period of time. And then also maybe try some new methods and Spravato could be that. Thank you so much for joining us today on the way home. My pleasure. One last thing I'd like to leave the audience with is that just like we've had 911 for years as a general emergency number, we now have 988 as the suicidal crisis lifeline. So if someone's experiencing urgent, acute suicidal thoughts or behaviors, 988 is 24-7, call or text, and there is help out there. There's hope out there. So don't give up. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the great reminder, 988. Thank you, doctor. And uh, we're going to be right back after this. This is The Way Home. I'm Laura Smith. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, I hope you feel inspired to go out and just make some great conversation with a stranger who will hopefully become a great connection or a friend or just uh, get you out of your comfort zone a little bit and into a place where you start feeling the confidence to be who you are out in the world because as Debbie Nigro stated, you know, AI may be taking over the world, but we want to remain human and we want to remain connected with one another. So uh, I'm so glad she wrote How to Talk to Strangers. And um, you can also hear her podcast every single day or her radio show, The Debbie Nigro Show. Look for that because it is full of amazing stories, great encounters with people and wonderful ideas as well. But you know who else has that good news? His name's Jim Cleefield. And he happens to be my guru of good news. Goes out every week and finds them. And then, you know what? It's so funny. You must get them first, Jimmy, because then I hear them on other radio shows um, weeks after we've done them. Mm -hmm. So you are really on the cutting edge of good news stories. Glad to hear that. that. Thank you. Well, anyway, <laughs> shall we begin, shall we? Anyway, uh, I don't know if you heard this story, LJ, uh, but uh, I, this is just so heartwarming. This really is, should be a Broadway show in itself, honestly. The six comes out of uh, New York. This is a waitress, 27 years old, Claire Rachel Howell is her name. And uh, she works in the bustling theater district of New York, and she's serving customers who are doing dinner and a show, right? There's a lot of shows around there. I've done that myself many years ago. Anyway, she had her eye on a particular show that she really wanted to see. It's still playing on Broadway, I believe. It's called Merrily We Roll Along, and she just loves it very much. But one thing has been holding her back, and you know what it is? Money. She just doesn't have the wherewithal to go see it. She can't afford the tickets, right? Well, Every now and then she gets customers and she greets them and she serves them their meals and she asks them what show they're going to see. But every once in a while, she gets a group of people that come to her table where she serves and she asks where they're going to see a show. And what is it? They said, merrily, we roll along. And time and again, she said, boy, I really want to see this so badly. I've been dying to see it. It's my favorite. Well, as I said, until now, she couldn't afford to go until now because something magical happened to her one night recently. Here's what happened. There was a group of patrons and a gentleman who was a benefactor. We don't know his name. They came for some food one night and they were on their way to see the show. She said the same thing to them. She wanted to see merrily. We roll along. Well, after they finished their meal and went to see the show, they left the check all ready to go, including the tip. Well, she took a look at it and she did seven double takes. You want to know how much that tip is? A jaw-dropping $500. That's a very generous tip, I must say. 
Well, not only is that enough money for her to go see the show, she must have enough left over. She was so shocked over that. I mean, her jaw just dropped. She was so grateful to the generosity and the kindness of these people. She didn't even get a chance to say thank you to this gentleman because they left. She hopes that someday maybe that gentleman in that group will return there, and I'm sure in due time it will happen. But the fact is that she was so excited. She posted all this on her social, right on Instagram with the photos and talking about the great night that she ultimately went and did. Well, she used some of that money. She got the ticket to go see the show as a result of that generosity. And uh, she described the whole situation. And she said, well, I just what can she say? Just, you know, about being in New York City, it's a very big place, but you can find really, really good people. And she just thanks this gentleman because, believe it or not, next thing you know, she's sitting in the second row in the theater watching the show. And she just said, I love New York City. She deserves it. God bless her. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like dinner and a show in New York City. I can't tell you the hundreds of times that I've gone myself over the years. I was a theater major in college in New York. So going to shows was just something that just brought me so much joy over the years because you can't really find a bad show on Broadway, but it is really pricey, Mm -hmm. really, really pricey. And, you know, there's a fun uh, little restaurant, not little, but there's a, a restaurant in New York called Ellen's Stardust Diner. And what it is, is they have singing waiters and waitresses. And these are all people that are working actors that are really trying to make it to the big time on Broadway. And they're waiting tables like so many actors proverbially do proverbially do and um they'll sing some of the 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 best hits from all of the broadway shows around your table and it's absolutely so entertaining and you kind of if you don't have the ability to go see a show because it's expensive or sold out or whatever you can go to ellen stardust diner and you can get sung to by really really good singers and hear all your favorite broadway songs and have a meal it's a great time love it love it Absolutely. So what do you I think you have a second story. Indeed, I do. Now we're going to go from the Big Apple to Pensacola, Florida to talk about a gentleman who is a a devoted Navy vet. He goes by the name of Mr. Lee, not just any Mr. Lee. He's a really, really special guy. He's a devoted Navy guy. He served for three decades in the Navy. We thank you for your service, sir. But what makes this story really special is that he goes to a cafe on a regular basis and he not just only eats there. I mean, he really feels like it's family over there. It's kind of like in the opening line of the Cheers theme song where everybody knows your name. They know this guy. And he goes there every single day for breakfast. Uh, Kelly Gomez is the one who serves him. The name of the place, by the way, is Scenic 90 Cafe. And the number 90 is very symbolic later in the story, which I will tell you about. Anyway, he not only goes there for breakfast, but he also does some wonderful things to kind of help the staff. Little things like he could help, like, separate the coffee filters. He may be, like, squeezing some orange juice. I mean, he does these little things every day, these nice things for them. Well, Word about this got out to the community on a Facebook post about all this, about his, you know, his kindness, his willing to help people. Well, the fact is this gentleman, Mr. Lee, is going to have a milestone birthday very soon this spring in March. He's going to turn the big 9090. Now, very interesting because they're planning a very big birthday celebration for Mr. Lee. Yes, at Scenic 90 Cafe. 90 for 90, everybody, right? That's the headline for that. I was thinking about that. And the interesting thing is because uh, the community is saying, gee, we'd like to get them some birthday cards. They gave them the address online. We're to send it in care of the, the cafe through Mr. Lee. He's going to get those. And they also had asked to speak to the manager by phone or online about getting gift cards for him. Now, you can imagine. I bet so many people are going to be celebrating this gentleman's birthday when that time comes. He's going to have so many gift cards. He won't know what to do with them. He'll probably might as well live out of that cafe because he'll have plenty to eat maybe for the rest of his 
his life. But yeah, it's just it's a wonderful thing, the fact that not so much because he's a veteran, but he's just really a part of the family and a part of the community. He would talk to the waitress about his wife and kids and all the military stories. And it's just it's just going to be a grand old celebration. So we say thank you for your service for him. He deserves it. And uh, good for him. I'm very happy for this guy. I love it. I love it. It's wonderful. That's, um, you know, it's truly like remarkable how people can come together for somebody that they grow to know through. I I have friends um, who own a restaurant and I've been literally going there since my daughter was nine and she's 30, almost 36. So um, they have become like family. And, and and it's amazing how, you know, you can end up connect and, and just the relationship goes so much deeper than just, okay, someone serving you a meal. It really becomes a place where you go and you feel comforted and you don't feel lonely and and you have a, a good meal. And, yeah, I just love that. Well, and for this wonderful Navy veteran, God bless him indeed, and thank him for his service. Jimmy, thank you so much for your service. Thank you. It is it is a, a great thing that you do going out and finding good news for us because we need to leave every program going out on a super high note. That's what we're and all about, LJ. That's what this is all about. That's what it's all about. And uh, thank you to Bob Small, my producer. He makes it all happen. He's like the Wizard of Oz, minus the curtain. I was going to say, don't pay attention to that guy behind the curtain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. And ironically, just so you know, Debbie Nigro's program is produced also by Bob Small, who is my producer. Thank you. And and so we share you as a producer. And <laughs> right. you've been at that radio station, is it 40 years now? 41? Oh, I don't know if it's that many. Close. 37 or 8? Something like that. Okay. And and you don't look a, a day over 20. Um, I <laughs> now you're lying. Almost 30 years ago. <laughs> yes. So you're just, you're that type of person, just like we were talking about the, with a restaurant, where you, you just feel like family so i thank you both bob and jim you are my radio family and i thank you always for all you do and for everyone have a wonderful week stay safe whether good or not um have a, a a good time and just joy in every life and don't forget to talk to some strangers i'm laura smith this is the way home 